Installhub.com, streamlining your installations. Another week, another podcast is Friday the 24th of March, so let's see what's been happening in this very busy industry this week. Kickstarting with this. Earlier this month, Tesla's Elon Musk announced the company's next generation cars would cost half as much as current models. Now, according to Musk, the next generation Teslas could cost as little as £25,000. This would certainly be an improvement of current prices, even as Tesla cuts them repeatedly to stimulate demand. Now, if this does happen, this would also put EVs, and not just any EVs, but luxury Teslas, on a much more equal footing with ICE cars, which is needed. And that's the prize that the EV industry has been struggling to get. Now, the struggle has been getting increasingly intense lately. Hit by the inflation, like all other industries, automakers have been particularly sensitive to blow because of their transformation plans. According to data from Alex Partners, cited by the Wall Street Journal, this week, the auto industry has invested and plans to invest $526 billion in the electrification of its lineups by 2026. But with Tesla dropping prices because, well, let's be honest, he can afford to, it is putting a lot of other car manufacturers under strain. Electric vehicle drivers in Northern Ireland will have to pay to charge their cars on the street from the end of April. An overstay fee will also be introduced to ensure charging points are available by preventing long stays. It is part of an upgrade of the charging network by ESB, which runs 319 charge points in Northern Ireland. The number of rapid chargers will be doubled, as will the speed they work at. It is part of a £10 million investment, in part funded by the UK government's levelling up fund. Drivers will have to sign up for either a pay-as-you-go option or membership by registering online. Memberships will cost £5 per month, with members getting a discounted charging rate. In other EV news, Ford has said it will lose $3 billion on its sales of electric vehicles to consumers this year, but it still expects to hit the profit targets it's set for the year of between $9 billion and $11 billion. Ford said those EV losses and the overall profit both comes before expenses from interest and taxes. The $3 billion loss is roughly equal to what is lost on EVs on that basis the last two years combined. It said it lost around $900 million in 2021 and $2.1 billion in 2022. It's the first time it gave a breakdown of the results from its EV operations. But it has said it still expects EVs to start making money soon, going from a 40% operation loss margin last year when it sold around 96,000 EVs, bringing in $5.3 billion in revenue to about 8% profit margins by the end of 2026. It does expect an increased production of EVs to bring global production of those vehicles to a 2 million annual rate by the end of that year. Now, Tesco are working hard to remain ahead of the game. They're working with Podpoint to add 75 kilowatt EV chargers to their supermarket network. Now, this has already been done. This is further expansion with their partnership. They're going to add the addition of the 75 kilowatt electric vehicle chargers at 12 stores 
this year. Tesco, Podpoint and the car giant Volkswagen have teamed up since 2019 with EV chargers now installed in the car parks of 600 stores. The new units will go live at six stores this month with a further six stores to follow later this year. The cost will be around 69p per kilowatt to use compared to 50p for the 50 kilowatt units. Now, it is more expensive than some charges you'll find, although the trade-off is that with the units in Tesco car parks, they're super convenient to use whilst you're buying your weekly shop. And always in life, if it's convenient, you have to pay for that convenience. Now, listen to this for an interesting concept. Switzerland is set to roll out solar panels between railway tracks as a world first. It's a very interesting concept. Now, the Swiss National Railway Network stretches beyond 2,000 miles of track, and there are over a million kilometers of railway lines in the world. Now, the co-founder, Baptiste Danchur, said that he believes 50% of the world's railways could be equipped with the system and it's a great way to incorporate solar panels into an economy to find a place where flat ground is used by other industries like canals, pastures, warehousing and of course now railway tracks. It does make sense, it's a great concept. Let's see in the next few years if it does come into fruition. In other solar news, BP is considering buying the remaining 50% stake in LightSource BP, its solar-powered joint venture. It's as part of the British giant drives to build up its renewable energy capacity. The internal talks come after Chief Executive Officer Bernard Looney last month slowed down BP's shift away from oil and gas, but still vowed to increase spending on renewables and low-carbon fuels by £8 billion by 2030. Now, BP acquired in 2017 a 43% stake in LightSource for £200 million and increased its interest to 50% two years later. A deal would value LSBP's current portfolio at around $2 billion, although the final price tag could be significantly higher depending on the valuation of its long-term business. Now, this won't surprise you at all. More than three quarters of the EU's solar panel imports in 2021 were from one single country, and that country was in fact China. Now, China is a critical supplier for Europe's green transition, yet in the wake of a Russian fuel crisis and pandemic supply chain distribution, European officials and companies, rightfully so, are increasingly wary of relying on one country to meet its generational equipment needs. That's why over the next five years, many companies are now working on trying to change their supply chain and have equal distribution across the whole of the globe rather than focusing on just one place. But with China dominating so heavily, is it even going to be possible? I suppose time will tell on that one. From trials of electric planes and boats to heating swimming pools using computers, like I mentioned in last week's pod, the West Country is punching above its weight when it comes to development in green tech. A now-finished trial of electric flights between Exeter and Newquay airports has resulted in a number of expressions of interest from commercial route operators with commercially sensitive negotiations continuing towards long-term plans of creating a future aviation test zone at Exeter to support electronic flights. 
Coastal Workboats Limited this week has also confirmed its plans to relocate from Exeter to Honiton as it works to develop the UK's first fully electric workboat and charging station in a move which will secure 30 local jobs again in the West Country. And also, Exmouth Leisure Centre has become the first in the UK to save £30,000 a year on energy bills by allowing a tech startup firm to base its computers there, which means the heat they generated helped to warm the council-owned swimming pool, saving them a lot of money. So the West Country are definitely paving the way with green tech and it seems to be paying off. The green technology industry could be worth several trillion, but developing countries will miss out on the boom unless they jump in now, before 2030. Now, from a roughly equal position three years ago, green technology exports from the most advanced countries are already racing ahead of developing nations. Now, this comes as a warning from the United Nations Trade and Development Agency. They're saying that without intervention to close the gap, early adopters will build in lasting advantages, making it even harder for developing countries to catch up. They said, we are at the beginning of a technological revolution based on green technologies. Missing this technological wave would have long-lasting negative implications. It's estimated that 17 key technologies, which are at the leading edge of green innovation, could create a market worth more than 9.5 trillion by 2030 and up to 1.5 trillion in 2020. The technologies include artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, green hydrogen, biofuels, nanotechnology, 5G, gene editing, robotics, 3D printing, wind energy and blockchain. They can be used to produce goods and services in a way that leaves a smaller carbon footprint. The United States and China currently dominate these fields with a combined 70% of patents. In more local news, Cheltenham Borough Council is launching a free initiative to help small to medium businesses in the town reduce carbon emissions and lower their energy bills. A brand new and totally free sustainability initiative from Cheltenham Borough Council is offering 300 SMEs operating within the Cheltenham Borough free access to online platforms like Zeller to help them reduce carbon emissions and lower their energy bills. Delivered through Cheltenham Zero and part funded by the Sustainable Business Communities Project and the United Kingdom Share Prosperity Funding, the council hopes to help local companies kickstart their sustainability journey and meet its target of making Cheltenham net zero carbon by 2030. Zeller allows businesses to calculate and understand their carbon emissions, then build an achievable plan to reduce them based on the company's size and sector, with the platform already helping over 1,000 SMEs across the country. The platform also gives the council and Cheltenham Zero consolidated data reports so they can track the town's progress in reducing carbon emissions. Now, sustainability is happening across the board and UK cinemas are being urged to take action on sustainability, build a long-term plan and do some stuff now. That was one of the key messages addressing sustainability in cinemas coming from the Greening the Big Screen Experience. The two-day conference that happened from the 21st to the 22nd of this month presented by the UK Cinema Association. 
These were the words of Martin Waller, who is the group operations performer and development director at Odeon Cinema Groups, who added that the OGC has set up a new sustainability team with staff hired to measure base level of emissions at the company and map out a sustainability plan. However, everybody talks very forward looking and the reality is we have to do some stuff now. And we agree, some stuff has to be done now. Even Microsoft with Xbox are trying to do some stuff <laughs> to help with sustainability. They have actually revealed a brand new toolkit that they've developed. The kit aims to help creators reduce energy consumption and measure carbon emissions during game development. The Xbox Developer Sustainability Toolkit includes research such as power monitor tools, certification reports, power consumption dashboards and best practices. Certification reports will provide details such as game energy consumption averages for specific in-game areas, which include loading screens and menus. Meanwhile, power consumption dashboards will display energy consumption data during gameplay. Now, if you've got a teenager, you will know how many hours are spent on the games, so I suppose it's only right that this is looked into. So that's it. You are now in the green tech, solar, energy efficiency, sustainability and EV update. It's a lot, but we've managed it. You have a fantastic weekend. And from everybody here at Install Hub, you make sure you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back with you next Friday.